What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, JT007. I just want to say thank you again to everybody that's tuned in right now. Thank you. Can't say that enough. I got to thank the listeners. Got to thank you, the listener. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe if you're new here. If you already subscribed, thank you. You already know how we rocking. With that being said, last episode on part two of This Is America, we touched on the proper training that needs to take place for all police. We touched on growing up black in America. We also touched on mental health and how that plays a huge role in the black community. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people, especially us in the black community, we really don't want to acknowledge. And that's a lot of pride that goes into that where it's like, you know, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. And, you know, this it's always good to acknowledge when something is wrong and you may need help with something, especially something that you may not have any familiarity with. And so that's why it was really key. I wanted to touch on the mental health and plus I'm in that field too as well. So with that being said, part three, we're going to be focusing on raising black children as well as the looting and the rioting that was taking place all across the world earlier on. I know that's kind of chilled out at this point now, but um, as I said at the time when we first recorded these first three um, pieces to this to the series that I'm putting together. And I really thought that was very key to include as well. So you're going to hear about the rioting, the looting, as well as raising black children in today's society and how that differs from the past. You're also going to hear a little bit about the civil rights movement, segregation. Um, so sit back, enjoy, listen to the whole thing, speed it up if you need to. Hold on, let them finish. Hold on, let me finish. All the writing you see going around, do you feel like right now that is being mimicked by other cities or do you, for personal gain? Now, I'm not just saying they're mimicking it just because they see, you know, they want to support Minneapolis. Do you feel like people are trying to do this for personal gain? Like we talked about before, my car payments due. You know, right now I can go, I can go down and go down to Key Bank and go ahead and run in there and see if I can get some money because my car payments due tomorrow. Do you feel like people are really rioting I mean, and looting to support and to show their grief for what's going on? Do you feel like this is all being taken advantage of for personal gain? I mean, let's be honest, it's, there are always going to be some of those, I'm calling them on the outskirts. We're always going to have the people on the outskirts that are going to do what the hell they want to do when they want to do it, regardless of what's going on. But I don't want what's going on to be minimized by that. That's what um, I'm talking about. I want people, okay, right now what we're feeling is red hot logic. I'm, excuse me, hold on. Y'all Can y'all hold on let her finish? Y'all 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 okay. Nobody was talking with you. Y'all, what do you do? His mic is good. His mic is good. He's a professional. He's a professional. Okay, but for real. Um, I don't want this red-hot emotion to um, die down. Uh, it needs to be turned to productivity. It needs to be turned into energy. Uh, we need a plan. We need to be proactive. Because once it dies down, then what? We have to work it within the system. Um, until we change the system, it's not going to be a system that we trust. But right now, it's the only thing that we have. So we need to work in within it. How do we change laws? How do we get a George Floyd law passed? Mm. 
Let's go back. Period. Um, what Dart was speaking about earlier, a lot of people don't understand that. Oh, I'm not gonna vote. I'm just gonna sit on my couch, a bitch. And uh, I'm just gonna. It, the, the life is not gonna change. Yes, yo, I like that. Uh, yeah. Etc. Etc. But at the end of the day, what's the plan? Let's get some laws into place. Let's hold people accountable. Who do we need to talk to? Who do we need to send emails to? Where do we need to show up logically? Because once the motion passed, now the logic has to kick in. Because without logic, then we just sitting on our butts waiting for the next murder. Because let's face it, it's murder. Okay, let's. Let's cut to the chase. Let's or real we talk. Just continually it. just protesting without and then any protesting results. without any results because you know without what they're gonna do. Tactics. Oh, guess what? They'll be done in about two or three days because they need to get back to work. Um, their babies need babysitters. Uh, we'll just sit tight. No, we need to make a change. Absolutely. So I need people to get out there on your social media. How do we make a change? What's the law look like? Who do we need to contact? Where do we need to contact? Email, phone calls. Uh, old school faxes, whatever it takes. Let's show up when it's time to show up. Cause anything else, we just we just wolfing, selling wolf tickets. And I give it to your millennials for going out there and attempting to protest. You have to be educated about the process, though. Mm -hmm. You have to be educated about the process. So I'm watching live videos where people just standing around. Now somebody go ahead and throw a rock. That's that's not how we get our message across. So I appreciate. There's also plants out there too, though. I do want to make that known. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, also there don't. There's also organized chaos going on out here too. And there's I agree. That are, that but if you're part of an organized movement, message. if you're part of an organized movement, then you shouldn't be d distracted by the planters. The you, chaos. Somebody should be able to point it out. Hey, that that's chaos. You see everything but else. It's hard, but that's the thing. Like it's it's a lot of media coverage. Like at the moment, yeah, I can point that out. But what is CNN picking up? What yeah. is Fox News picking up? And they're just showing. But, but we also know the media is not going to show it all anyway. What I'm saying is, I appreciate the millennials and our young folk taking a stand. Be mindful because I know on social media I saw where our African American businesses were destroyed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying just destroy the non-African American ones. I'm saying be mindful because even though with insurance money, things like that, we, we're watching salons, barbershops, nail shops, places that's been closed for two months where people haven't had income for two months. Yeah. Don't let them destroy. change the narrative. And, and, but that goes into right what I was just saying with the organized chaos. Like right. let's not be let's not be confused, America. There's a lot that goes into owning a business and owning a brick and mortar business at that. Like some places with this COVID nineteen going on right now, you may have not had any customers or any type of money flow coming in for the last month or two. What better time to take advantage of burning down your business well, right now? I mean, but this is not. I hope not. I but hope during not. COVID, this is not unique. We've done this in the past. The Watts riot. We we tore up our neighborhood. Yeah. They do not care if we tear up our own neighborhood. Yeah, it's not just Watts, like the Rodney Understand? King, the Rodney King joint. Yeah. So like, so like my, my my dad, you know, he always like to talk about '68 with the riots. You know, Watts, Watts burned, Chicago burned. He's like, everybody burned, but, shit, but Indianapolis. Indianapolis don't do shit. I'm like, all right, whatever. But um, we're old enough, so Jill, Latasha, myself, and Misha, we're old enough to remember Rodney King got beat up, and those cops essentially walked, 
Like, yo, like they were mad. And then, so that, that happened the whole, you know, L.A. burned for, you know, two, three months. And then, you know, the chronic came out. They, they kind of made some jokes about it or whatever, but that's what we saw. So essentially, the 92 L.A. riots were our 1968 riots. And now our kids are, are dealing mm-hmm. with those riots because 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 what people what people tend, what people tend to real, feel to realize being that I love history the way I do when you don't study it you're doing it repeated and for some whatever reason these white cats these black people these Asians like we haven't we have not decided to really study our history and and we keep repeating this shit over and over because they and try over. to make our history something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. But really, when you look at your history, because I'm a history major also, but really when you look at our history, uh, you see strength, you see endurance, you see humanity, um, and I think that's the problem with what's going on now. We've always been told, this community, when I say this community, minority communities, always have been told they are lesser than. But within the community, within the home, we had somebody in our ears saying, that's not true. That's propaganda. You are what you want to be. You can be what you want to be, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's like a lot of us are trying to be the best stereotype we can be. Yep. But you know Ooh. what? We're afraid to fill out the census. We're so afraid. Because if we fill out the census, they're going to know my brother, mama, it's sister, so cousins. It's government conspiracy you think of. Exactly. I don't want them to know what happens in my house stays in my house. In my house. That's why we don't fill out the census. But how are you going to get those resources? But we don't want you to know what's going on in our house. So it reassure us that yeah. once we tell you that you won't come in our there's house no and rain, yeah. there's no repercussion. Because think, at the end of the day, we're fearful for yeah. our lives. And I think this time around, the the timing wasn't yeah. right when yeah. we sent out the census test. That yeah. was right around the whole... Um, God damn it. Stimulus. The stimulus check stimulus time. Check. Yeah. That came right after that. So it you're came thinking right like, oh, COVID. this may affect my stimulus check if I fill this out. Like, oh. it's a lot that went into that. Like, yeah. I know that was being mentioned at the same time. But like, you get even stimulus. I had a thought like that. Like, if I sit out the stimulus, like, if I fill out the census, will it impact my yeah, stimulus? Like, and it's unfortunate that we always have to think about what else would be mm-hmm. a consequential result of mm-hmm. our actions. We shouldn't even have to think that. We should I mean, be able to fill out things, right. move forward, yeah. and not have a second it's thought. A lot to do everything with history, we though, do is too. a second thought. It's a lot to do with history. Absolutely. Like we know about wiretapping, everything else with Watergate, everything when, else. When our saying. families decided <laughs> they wanted to be not be slaves, they paid themselves or paid themselves out of slavery. Got an agreement. I'm no longer a slave. It's it's something that goes along with that. It is a mental a reconditioning mental, right. that we must do because unfortunately, we're repeating our mistakes because everything keeps getting further and further. So as a result of conditioning, we don't know what we don't know right. because things have been passed along to us. But when we know better. We do better, but just like anything else we're learning, it takes 21 times before something becomes a new habit, 90 days before it becomes a lifestyle. But if you tell me one time I'm going to make a difference, that's not going to be resonated with me because the other 25 times you told me I ain't shit. Facts. Facts. Um, One thing I did want to share with everybody, I know a lot of times people bring up Martin Luther King Jr., 
um, a lot of his quotes, a lot of his peaceful protests he has. And one of the quotes that uh, really resonated with me as I was reading recently, one of the things he said was, a riot is the language of the unheard. Uh -huh. Absolutely. How do you guys feel about that quote, hearing that? Especially uh, coming from Martin King. I just hear that whole usually, speech today on Instagram. That's what I'm going to say. Like, usually when they try to use Malcolm X, as like the radical, the, the radical it, thinker. How do you guys feel about hearing that from MLK himself? It's a fact. Yeah. And, and we need a mixture of both. We need a little, we need a Malcolm King. We need a, a, a little bit of both. Because we take away from what Martin Luther King did because, oh, he just marched the streets. He just did a peaceful protest. But that peaceful protest shut down businesses. It cost people money. Mm -hmm. That's why changes were made. They were not made because all of a sudden, oh, you know why? You know what? We have been doing these people wrong. We 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 see the errors of our ways. No, they changed their ways because they those protests it. cost them money. If we are not costing them money or discomfort. They don't care what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's why T.I. said on July 7th through the blackout. Because at the end of the day, when we're not spending our money, you will see the difference. But then what about July 8th with July 9th, July Absolutely. 10th? It's just the same thing. Like we go into a black business and they're running a little bit late. And, and we want to, oh my God, oh, I, I'll never come here again. They got us twisted, we're blah, so blah, blah. But then you go to that same owned by another minority, because I'm not going to call any minority out another minority besides yourself and you'll take whatever mistreatment they don't have to speak to you mm -hmm. uh they limiting you uh they make you put your money on the counter put your bags in the hand, put your the front, at the window etc but then when we open up we act like we don't understand it maybe we need to ex explain the reason why if a black beauty supply opens up they cannot sell you the same product that other minorities can sell you for one they might actually have the actual real product yep Number one, it's not a imitation. Mm -hmm. Number two, they don't have the buying power. Absolutely, they cannot buy in bulk. So mm -hmm. you have to make a decision: Do I want to save a couple cents or a dollar and support people who are not supporting me, or do I want to spend that extra dollar and support my community? I mean, we had to get down to some basic thinking. Some things are just common sense. If we want to sugarcoat it and it's about this and about that. We need to get some basic facts out there and push those basic facts. And, and and that's what it is. Everybody else will come together but us. The most brilliant minds on the planet. Come on now. We've come up. We, come we are probably the most prominent race that has created inventors. things. We are like inventors on top of inventors. And but we're not we, trying to keep it to ourselves. We're sharing it for the world. Right. We allow people to suppress that in us because we are fearful, we're insecure, and we know what history has done for us. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the people that are dying at the hands of brutality are not criminals. Mm -hmm. In most cases, they haven't had a case. They haven't been arrested for anything else. It just decided that one day, that one person decided they're going to show power and control the situation. And what we do know is when you control with emotions, it's always going to result in a negative reaction. You have to control with the facts of the situation. Like we talked about, officers have a brotherhood. They're not going to go against one another because they're fearful of what may happen to them if they work against their own. We are fearful what happens to us when we work against our own. But if we come together 
black business, black restaurants, black organizations. I commend any African-American organization that decides to open because they give us the runaround. They need a plan. Uh -huh. They don't help us. I've been there. I've witnessed other people do it. So I commend you. Let's be patient with our own. Let us help our own. Let us produce our own. You know, we talked about Proverbs 29 and 14. Um, it says, leadership gains authority and respect when the voiceless poor are treated poorly. So we talked about MLK and how people that are unheard, now we got to make ourselves heard. We're not respecting leadership because they treat us like crap. It don't matter how many degrees we have. It don't matter how much money we bring into the economy. It doesn't matter what our lives are because we're African-American. We will always have to prove ourselves. And that's unfortunate in 2020. If we take advantage of our economic dollar, oh, they will listen. Because uh -huh. at the end they of the day, right now. it's not about black. It's not about white. It's about green. If we take control of that economic dollar, that means some of us will have to make sacrifices. I, I'm not trying to, because I don't want to wish bad on anybody, but I guarantee you if we choose a corporation that has been unkind or not sympathetic to the cause of humanity and decide to withhold our dollars from there, they will listen. We just have to do an example. And I just don't know who that company would be. I don't know what kind of research would go into it. But I think people need to see it for their eyes. They don't believe that they don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And they act like the 60s was like 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. We're talking 40, 50 years ago. It, mm -hmm. There was major issues. So now there's still issues. They're just underlying. Mm -hmm. um, why don't we, Hold uh, up. Let us finish. You already finished. <laughs> so we're going to switch gears a little bit. I'll finish. Um, based on everything we talked about, one thing I really wanted to talk to you all about was about raising um, children in today's mm -hmm. society. Not only just children. Um, you got you all are all black women here. Um, besides Dark is a black male, but he also has um, children as well. And daughters. And daughters. Yeah. Black sons. Right? Yeah. Black son, black daughters. Um, Latasha, I know you have all, all boys. Um, Jill. Girls and boys. There we go. There we go. So uh, with that being said, with everything you see in today's society, and and even not even necessarily just off what you what we've been seeing the last couple of days, do you feel like your kids prepared to deal with law enforcement in today's society no. based on what they what you guys have taught them already? Mm -mm. Um, I not prepared, but I I will say that there's a sense of awareness. Um, my daughters are twelve and fourteen, and we talk about everything under the sun because I don't want them to be caught up or seen as naive by somebody else bringing that to them. Um, they've seen the movies. They've read the books about the hate you give and Queen and Slim. So they, they see what media portrays as this image of unrest and, and protest. But I, I do feel like their generation has a, a different lens of it. And they've been exposed to way more than we did at that age. And so we make sure that we have those conversations to prepare them in a sense that they have some kind of awareness of it. But things change every day. 
and society puts a curveball on it every minute that we look up something's different but we try to make sure that we have conversations around it so that they know okay this is what's happening now uh, here's things that you should you should know and kind of make yourself um, I don't know if it's protective of it or at mm -hmm. least just knowing um, some of the work that I do as a consultant for small nonprofits is to make sure that young black boys have mm -hmm. awareness and know the position that they have and the threat that they may have presented to just different spaces in the community and I mean that's that's the biggest thing for me is making sure that our black boys know how they're viewed and know how to level up in a position of making sure that they present themselves as educated and respectable so that they can prevent any circumstances around them and um that's really one of the biggest projects that I'm working on right now is making sure that I have a space for boys in those positions so that they have wraparound support so they don't feel like, oh, my mama doesn't think that I'm doing anything that's right or my mama's boyfriend has this and that going on. Let's make sure that we support you so that you are prepared if you are presented in that type of situation. I think and I think it happens too with biracial children. Mm. You know, mm. I've talked to a friend of mine and her son who's biracial. Um, but he's you black. know, he's black. in our society, he's black. He's black. Excuse me. He was riding his bike, and he decided that he was going to stop and use the restroom. Restrooms are locked because of COVID nineteen. Mm -hmm. They're not letting everybody in, so he's urinating on the side of the building. He got stopped by a police officer. Asking why he was in that neighborhood within five blocks of his home, but why couldn't it have been his neighborhood? Why are we racially profiled when we make just as much money as any other race? When we are in situations where that is our neighborhood, that's where we're supposed to be. Yep. But it's unfortunate, like you shared, we're already appearing intimidating, mm -hmm. um, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and not given a chance to even have a discussion that makes sense to save their lives. And not only do I worry about our young boys, because I have three sons, I worry about our older men. George Floyd tells me that no no one's safe. Yep. Armand um, has shown us it doesn't matter what community you live in, what you were doing. We are a race that continuously scares other people. And how do we turn that tide? And you know, we can't come up with the answer tonight. We may not even be able to come up with the answer in six months, a year, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, what we do know is that we have to keep educating our children. And for some of us, our children's children. Because at the end of the day, our, our grandparents, our parents grew up during the Civil Rights Movement, and we're still growing up in the Civil Rights Movement. Let's yeah. just keep it Whether frank. Whether we know it or not. Whether we know right. it or not, we, we a still... a little bit more secretive. Yeah. We, still, we still growing up in it. As I, I understand, the concept of the Civil Rights Movement is phenomenal. So I'm not... So by no means am I shitting on my parents or my grandparents when I say it is whack. But what I'm telling you is... At the end of the day, we need to be self-sufficient. So, so, you know, George George doesn't die 
1965 in a black town in Tennessee. Why? Because he's the cop is probably black. Probably. And probably knew him growing up. All I'm telling you is, for as dope as segregation has been, it's been just as bad. That's all I'm telling you. So, so for as dope as but segregation, segregation has been, was not the integration, civil rights movement. Integration uh, is just as bad. That the wasn't whole, the purpose. The whole civil rights movement started with the whole separate but equal act with the Brown versus the Board of Education. So basically, if if America would have been like, yo, hey black people, I'll give you for every dollar, every dollar I give these white kids, I'll give the black kids a dollar. Had America done that, we'd be cool. When America was like, I'll give you this 15 cents, that's when black people got mad. Took one day, they wanted their dollar. And I and I respect that and I understand that. And so what they realized was like, yo, I don't have to give the black community this dollar or this this dollar. What I can do is I'll bust the black talent from the from the projects in the ghetto to the white area where the money's already there. So I don't have to give these black people no money. So what I'll do is I'll separate them, I'll divide them, I only send like 30% of of the higher ups to make sure that, that the white the white schools are school and we'll keep it moving. Like it, it was it was all at the end of the day, like following the money. Like the money the money tells you what America really wants to do. So if America really gave gave any fucks about black people, they'd have put they'd have put their money in the black community and we'd be cool. But what they wanted to do was the extract the black talent from the black community and then not and not and then convince us to be like, you know what? I ain't going back. I'm cool. I've made it. So now that I've made it, I ain't gotta go back. So now I can't pull people with me, unlike what Jewish people do, unlike what Polish people do, unlike what Chinese people do. Every ethnic group who's ever who's ever made any progress on this planet or excuse me in this country They've always they've always made it and they've always pulled somebody with them. Yeah, because they were Except able, they us. were they stuck together. Except yeah. us. And the reason why they were stuck together is because they did not have an entire system that was built on tearing them apart. Right. The the purpose of the civil rights movement was not segregation. That was the government's response to the civil rights movement. Give us the same dollar. Give Tamika the same dollar you give Susie. That's what the civil rights movement was about. Exactly. Because at the end of the day... And they found a way around it. And they Whatever. found a way around it. So, Whatever. no, the civil rights movement wasn't the issue. The, the issue with the civil rights movement is that it stopped. And that we got we got stopped when we, they influxed those drugs into the system. And they influxed welfare. Mm -hmm. And all these type things to kind of soothe us and kind of aid us. So it's not the civil rights movement itself that's the issue. The fact that it stopped and we got our focus. Because let's be clear, we was never trying to be like white folks. And not to we were trying to be treated like human beings. Let's, let's 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 be fact. clear. That's true. And then I, I, go back to JT 007. There it is. Okay, let's go back to JT 007 when he's talking about parenting a a, a black kid in America. It's uh, I'm middle class. <clears throat> I'm not extremely poor. I'm not extremely rich. I'm st I'm stuck in the middle. I can pay my bills. We can do some fun things. Uh, wear some decent clothing, etc., etc. But when Officer Friendly comes and visit my first grader's class, in the back of my mind, when I'm telling him, "Yeah, this is Officer Friendly. He's a good guy," 
in the back of my mind, I know when I get home, I got to teach him but. Yeah. But when you meet Officer Friendly outside this classroom, he's a different he's officer. A he's going to look at you differently yeah, yeah. than he look at other other little boys that's your so, age. That's so sad. That, that's the problem. That's, that's the sadness. Uh, th- that's where my heart breaks as a mother. That I had to live this life. I had to mother in uh, a three-track dimension. What it should be, what it is, what I hope it to be. And I don't think any mother outside of, I'm not going to say any mother, because outside of United States of America, people are going through a whole bunch of stuff. But inside of America, I'm not quite sure that there's any other mother besides an African-American mother that has to mother on at least three different tracks. Because now let's see, now we got to throw in economics. Then we got to throw in, okay, when that teacher, what does that teacher say to you? What did you say to them? What did you do? What was their reaction? We cannot just automatically jump to a, a certain response. I had to figure out, was this teacher treating you or doing what they were supposed to do because that's their job and you're the student or is there another element to it? So that's my issue with, with raising my boys, raising my girls, is that I got to treat them, I got to tell them what's right to do and then I got to prepare them for what they might encounter. Now, Jill, I appreciate you bringing that back up because the reason why I wanted to ask that question to everybody because I've seen a viral video going out of a dad um, posting a video of, of him essentially reenacting the um, George Floyd killing, essentially, um, and what Officer uh, Chauvin did to George Floyd. Um, he, Don't say his name. No, say his name. That's the that's, 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 Yeah, I was going to say, we need to make name. sure we, we do that. That's anonymity. We, we don't want, you know, he be done... Got let off and everybody forget about who it was that did it and what happened. Get a job teaching he our got kids several points, a security several points. guard or something. But, um, Say it ain't so. But no, he was reenacting what the officer did at the time. And um, one of the things I wanted to post to you guys, essentially what he was doing was the same thing, like I said. Putting his, putting his knee on his kid's neck and was mm-hmm. saying, you know, hey, America, this is what I taught my kid today. Where'd you teach yours? And essentially trying to show the powerful message of, you know, black dad teaching his son, you know, to handle these situations. And he didn't just do that he was kind of talking throughout the video to kind of show what you do in these situations you breathe this way to stay alive and this type of stuff how do you guys feel about that stuff as far as do you feel like everything you've seen with Deshaun Reed with the George Floyd Brianna Taylor Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor um, in Louisville Kentucky that situation do you guys feel like all those situations taught you something new or essentially something you already known and there's really nothing new to teach your kids and what they already known before because the initial question was do you feel like your kids are prepared now to have an encounter with the police without you there? So, my daughters are not prepared to have an encounter with the police as if something was to happen to me today. And they're not because and, and it's it's my own it's my own naivete that the strongest person on the planet is a black woman because not only does she deal with everything she has to deal with, but then she has to deal with the black man coming home dealing with what we have to deal with. So by no means am I am I dumping on her experiences, but I don't feel like my daughter's experiences with the police will be the same as mine. Yes, I know there there are Sandra Blands that 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 have transpired, and I, and I know I know that's happened, but I also know that from me growing up, no no female that I was encountered that, that I've dealt with or knew had the same encounters with the police that I had. So so by no means are they ready. But for my son, 
who's four years old, I am I am dreading that conversation that my father had with me. Um, I vividly remember there's there's a lot of things in, in your life that your parents pour into you and you forget it. I mean, you'd be like you'll 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 absorb it and you'll kick it out and you'll forget about it and you'll never revisit it. But I vividly remember my father having this conversation with me and my brother about how we deal with the police. And I'm 42 years old, and to this very day, if I'm if a police if a police, if a police officer gets behind me, I automatically get butterflies. I automatically check my rearview mirror to make sure I'm good. I check my seatbelt. I make sure my lights are good, and I make sure my registration is good. Off top, if I'm pulled over by the police, before the police officer gets to my window, I've got my license, I've got my registration, and I have my proof of insurance before he can ask me anything. And then, when he gets to the window, I say, excuse me, sir, why am I pulled over? And then he'll give me some bullshit for what, because I've never, I've never been pulled over for a legit reason, never in my life. Like, and, and I drive fast sometimes. Never would have heard a legit reason. So he'll give me some bullshit on why he pulled me over. And I respect that. I'll say, you know, thank you, sir. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to slow down, blah, blah, blah. And then he'll either take, he'll take my registration, he'll take all my information, he'll go back to his car. And when he's in his car, I'm nervous. For It, it just is what it is. And I've never done anything in my life to for someone to want to arrest me, to send me to jail. Never. And you know it's why just, you're nervous. It's, I'm, I'm nervous because, because you want to it, get home to I, I need to get home. So from the time I was 17 years old, from my very first speeding ticket, until 42 years old, so that's what 35 years. I have legitimately been nervous every time a cop pulled me over, black or white. I've been put over by five black cops because my mother had a brand new car with the paper plates on it. And it was it was a thirty thousand dollar car, and they thought that an eighteen year old kid shouldn't be driving. And I was nervous to get to the crib then. And I was in my neighborhood. I was probably five hundred feet from my parents' house, and I was nervous then. And I knew my mother. My mother had just bought the car literally that day, and she had she said I could drive it because she she's let me drive it. And I was like, yo, like. That day, and I remember telling Misha, like, like I was shook then. And I think that might have been the first time she understood, like, this is what we deal with. So I'm 18, I'm 18 years old, so she's 16 years old, so it's like, or 15 years old, so she's like, this is what y'all really got to deal with. But even now, I mean, it hits different because I'm a mom mm -hmm. of a black boy, and even seeing him walking into daycare as a four year old, like, I'm holding back tears thinking about for the next 18 years, how do I prepare him and make sure that he's equipped to know, don't run, have your ID, have your insurance, stand where your hands are visible. Like that, that shakes me every I, moment. I've never, I've never not had a, at least an identification. I've had suspended license for various reasons, but I've never not had, a, not, I've never not had an ID. For that very reason. Because we know you can do everything right, right. and things still will turn out very wrong. Like George That's a Floyd. for real fear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no different than my son who's nine who's thinking he's not going to live through COVID. 
I'm fearful as a mom that he's not going to live to be 18. Thank you all for tuning in to part three of This Is America, the mini-series. Part four will be coming out soon, so make sure you stay locked in for that. That'll actually be the finale of this series. I have a lot more content on it, to be honest. And that may actually come out over time, but I really felt like this was an important conversation to be had. So I wanted to make sure that I touched on it from different angles as well as from different perspectives. So you'll be hearing from two different individuals for part four. Um, you may get a little bit more from our conversation. I felt like the first three parts kind of gave enough. But like I said, there's still a lot more content. So that may be coming out over time. But I wanted to make sure that I touched on it, make sure everybody heard it. I didn't really want to do recaps before the episode just to make sure everybody was really locked in. So if you felt like you tuned into this and you felt a little lost, you may need to go back and re-listen to part two again or part one. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to make sure everybody was really listening to the content. That was the purpose of not doing recaps. So with that being said, you don't have to agree with everything that was being said in this series, but you are going to hold on and let them finish. <laughs>